0: Hello, and welcome to Quick Hits, a podcast brought to you by Borealis Threat and Risk Consulting in Ottawa, Canada. I'm your host, Phil Gursky, President of Borealis, and this is an episode on Quick Hits that I'm recording on the 16th of March, 2020, and you'd have to be living under a rock or in a parallel universe anywhere in the world right now to not know that we're in a crisis, and that crisis is of course caused by the coronavirus, also known as COVID-19, a particularly virulent virus akin to the flu which has affected virtually every country in the world, has caused a large number of deaths in many countries, and which is making people very, very afraid. Governments are struggling to respond to the virus. Policies are changing almost on a daily basis. And you can't look at any website turn on any radio or television without finding wall-to-wall, 24-7 coverage on what we need to do, how we need to do it, and when we should do it. And I'm sorry to say, inevitably, we're now talking about one of the responses being a war on COVID-19. I repeat, a war on COVID-19. The French Prime Minister Emmanuel Macron just declared war on the virus, and there have been calls in the United States by the Democratic Party to declare war on the virus. Why is this a dumb idea? For a very simple reason. And this is something I've talked about a lot over the past 20 years or so, but I feel I have to repeat it. So sorry to sound like a broken record, i.e. those under the age of 30 records of what we used to listen to before files on the internet to listen to music. But the bottom line is that whenever you declare war against a common noun, and I'll explain what a common noun is in a second, you are doomed to fail. So wars on common nouns are things like the war on poverty, the war on drugs, the war on, I don't know, STDs. And as I've talked on many occasions, we unfortunately have also the war on terrorism, a term that gained a lot of credence, and a lot of distribution right after 9-11, when the then-President Bush initially called for a crusade against terrorism, which thankfully got voted down real quickly, but he then called this a war on terrorism. And we've seen many variations on this since that time. The war on terrorism became the global war on terrorism, became the global struggle against violent extremism, and in the end, ended up being called the long war. I've seen it called the eternal war as well. And I've railed against the use of this military terminology to describe our counterterrorism efforts for a simple reason, and this isn't my line, this is a line by a U.S. political scientist shortly after 9-11, whenever you declare war against common nouns, you're declaring war against nouns that can't surrender. Poverty can't surrender. Drugs can't surrender. Terrorism can't surrender. And the coronavirus, or COVID-19, is in fact another common noun. Meaning it's not a proper noun. Proper nouns are the names of people or places. And proper nouns can surrender. We declared war against Germany in 1939. And six years later, Germany surrendered. We declared war against Japan. Same thing. So when you declare a war against a proper noun, those proper nouns, which are actual people, people, governments, administrations, institutions can make decisions to stop what they're doing or to give up. The coronavirus is neither a person, a place, nor an institution, and therefore it cannot surrender. I fear that when we're talking in these terms, using words like war, we're going down a pathway which is very, very counterproductive. I am not saying we don't have to pull at all the stops when it comes to what to do with coronavirus, with COVID-19. This is a very serious infection that is gaining ground exponentially around the world. My own country here in Canada is changing its policy on virtually a daily basis as more information comes in. I have yet to hear anybody in Canada talk about this as a war on coronavirus or a war on disease, and I sincerely hope that I never hear that thing. Is there, in fact, a military aspect to this? Only in the most dire situation. I hope this never comes to pass but it could very well happen at some point in the weeks or months to come if the virus continues to spread amongst countries around the world, if more and more people become ill, if we are finding that the effects on the economy, and so far it's been largely the stock market, continue to increase, i.e. people are losing their jobs, factories are closing, we might see some in- interruption in supply lines to date that has not happened and this is why the canadian government and others are saying you don't have to hoard toilet paper guys the factories that produce toilet paper aren't closing down there's lots of toilet paper around but it may come to a point where we do have interruptions in those supply lines and we do have some shortages of essential goods like food in that case every dystopian science fiction movie you've ever seen could in fact become reality. And you've, you you know the movies I'm talking about. People start to riot, people start to you know, invade grocery stores and th- to take things off shelves. We are seeing some some uh, grocery stores here in Canada in which some shelves are empty. I was just at a grocery store in Russell, Ontario, just south of Ottawa. There is no bread on the shelves, no chicken. I don't think there's any toilet paper either, but so far it hasn't gotten to that point. Should it get to that point, and I sincerely hope it doesn't. Then and only then do we need to deploy the military to keep law and order? At that point, you will have a state of emergency. At that point, a government would have the wherewithal and probably the justification in the minds of many to declare martial law, under which point civil liberties are suspended, charter rights are suspended, and the military is brought in to essentially keep things from getting worse. Then and only at that point should we be talking about a war on the coronavirus. The response so far, the one that I like and the one that Canada seems to have been involved with to this date is simply to pass information on to Canadians on what they can do to prevent the spread of the virus, what they should do if they think they're infected. So we're hearing a lot about self-isolation. We're hearing a lot about social distancing. We're hearing a lot about quarantining yourself for two weeks. We're hearing a lot about hand washing. That's exactly the response we need right now. And I will tip my hat to the Canadian government, something I don't always do and in particular the Justin Trudeau government, haven't been a fan of it since 2015, is that they're getting the message out and the proper message out. And, and this is the most important part, they're relying on science, they're relying on facts, they're relying on data to inform Canadians. Not websites, not the Twitterverse, not the miracle cures you're already seeing being bandied about here and there. I read an article recently where in India, which has a huge problem with Hindu extremism right now, Some people are advocating cow dung and cow urine as a surefire either way to prevent the coronavirus or to kill it. This is absolute crap, no pun intended. So we have to rely on the right information. And as I said in an earlier podcast, I am not an expert on infectious diseases. I am not an expert on the coronavirus. Don't take your advice from me. Take your advice from the people that understand what's going on. And those people are professionals. They're doctors. They are nurses. They are public health officials that have the best Current data available, and they're the ones whose advice you should be following right now. Listen to what they say. Take care, protect you and your family. Don't go. Don't start rioting. Don't start giving into too much fear. I know this is going to be a tough time for all of us, especially those of us uh, who still work. Luckily, I'm retired. I can work from home. Who are going to miss their family and friends? Restaurants are closing. The theaters are closing. The NHL has been canceled. My God, as a Canadian, that's almost a disaster in and of itself. But we're going to get through this. I think that when we start using terms like the war on the coronavirus, we're going to a very, very unhelpful place. So I would highly advocate when you hear this term, reject it, speak up against it, say we're not there yet, and nor will we ever get to a point where we're fighting a war against a virus. It's it's a war against a common noun, and wars against common nouns end. That's it for this Quick Hits podcast. I sincerely hope that all my listeners are well. For those of you who are suffering from the virus. I hope it's a mild version of it. I hope you get well soon. I hope that you are able to survive the difficult time ahead, that your families are safe. And I hope that you don't dismiss this as the Trump administration did for far too long as something not to worry about. This is a very serious illness and we all need to take responsibility to not infect those around us, whether they're loved ones or or strangers to us. So what do you think? Are we at war with the coronavirus? Should we be at war with the coronavirus? Is the use of the term war one that we should be advocating? I'd love to hear from you. You can reach me on email borealisrisk at gmail.com. I'm also on Twitter at Borealis Saves, on LinkedIn, and on Facebook. Or you can subscribe to all the content that I put out on my website Quick hits podcasts like these, The Longer and Intelligent Look at Terrorism podcast, Perspectives, Today's Terrorism, lots of material there. Go to my website, www.borealosthreatenedrisk.com, hit the subscribe button, fill in your information, and you'll get all the content free of charge to your inbox on a daily basis. I'd love to hear from you and get ideas for for further podcasts. I'll talk to you again soon. Until then, stay safe.